Hey friend, can I read you this review that Lauren left? It's titled, Love It, Love It, all capitals, love it. I absolutely love Hillary's podcast. She's funny, personable, vulnerable, and super insightful in every single one of her episodes. Each episode is like sitting down to a cup of coffee with a friend. That friend you'll go to for advice, where they give you insights you didn't even know you needed, but make you feel smarter for it anyhow. And it makes Wednesdays a day I look forward to listening in on. Occasionally, Hillary will, quote, repost a former episode, but with an updated intro with new insights. Rather than feeling stale, Hillary's updates to these feel a bit like going back and rereading a good book with fresh insights. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is her postscript. She shares a personal recommendation, not paid endorsement, for things she loves in her personal life, from nightly routines to queer eye to using colorful pens and doing puzzles to wearing silk pajamas. Can I just tell you how much I love that this is a community of people that will leave the most detailed reviews of all the things that you really need to know and all the objections people might have. Well, is she constantly just promoting things because she's getting paid? No, she's not doing that. Does she just repost old episodes without putting any work into it. No, she doesn't do that. This is the kind of review that I would leave. And this is how I know that you are my people. So I just want to say I am so incredibly thankful that you are here. I am so honored Every time you leave a review, if you have not done so yet, when you share an episode on Instagram stories, you recommend this podcast to a friend. I cannot wait to therefore meet more of your friends and also make some new ones for all of us as strangers stumble along and join us here. So I am so thankful that you are part of sharing this message. I'm dancing and I can't be bothered now. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hello, beautiful. Today I want to share one of my signature style teachings, one of my favorite principles that I teach as a personal stylist, as a style expert, and that if you have taken my style and stylability course, we have gone deeper on. It will be inside my forthcoming style book. And in the meantime, it's something that you can use so often, every day, and therefore it is something I want to impart to you. So it is called the two-part fashion cocktail, per the title of this episode. And The metaphor that I like to use is if you were a vodka cranberry. Now, you do not have to be someone that drinks alcohol at all. You do not have to like the taste of a vodka cranberry. You can use anything for your two-pot fashion cocktail. We know I'm a big fan of the gin and tonic. But there is something to me about vodka and cranberry that really communicates the metaphor. Cranberry is juice. It's plain. It's sugary. It's sweet. It is not even a juice you necessarily drink all the time. You maybe drink it when you have a UTI. (laughs) And vodka, straight vodka is kind of just like, whoo, that is a lot. Um, So it really helps us to kind of understand the two sides of the spectrum. And that when we pair something together, it's the cocktail, it's the blending that makes it really appealing, even if for you that is some other cocktail that you enjoy to drink, or for you it's, you know, the coffee and the cream. So there's two reasons that this principle is so powerful. Number one, it helps us identify why something does or doesn't feel right. Do you ever put something on? You're like, I don't love it, but I can't put my finger on it. I just, I don't know what it is. Or I'm trying to replicate this other thing. I love this one dress. I love this one outfit. I go back to it all the time and I'm trying to create other things like it because I don't want to just keep wearing that one thing, but I just keep missing the mark. What is it about that thing? 
So key number one is that it helps us to be educated. And that is really my sweet spot as a stylist. I want you to feel like you have a better understanding of why you like what you like, how you want to feel, and what's going to get you there. It's not educated at all about what's happening in the fashion world or trends or whatever. It's truly about how you want to feel, what your personal style is, what you feel is flattering on your body, and how you can be more educated to shop wisely and to identify that. Spend your money, you know, invest your money better, etc. And the second key reason is it helps us understand how to shift something to make it work for us. It makes us more empowered over our garments. I find that Shopping can be a very disempowering feeling of I'm just looking for the this piece that must be out there and it's my body isn't right. My style isn't right. These things don't work for my lifestyle and it very often feels like, oh, this was just made for somebody else. And I think that the empowerment over our garments and the outfits that we create is so impo- important because it allows you to then feel like, okay, I, I'm I'm the CEO of my life. <laughs> I'm the CEO of my body. I'm in control of this. You work for me. Garments, clothing, you work for me. And I, you're a little bit malleable. And I can make you work for me if I want to, as opposed to feeling like my body, my style, my lifestyle doesn't work for what's out there in the market. So there's a lot of different applications of the two-part fashion cocktail. The first example I love to start with is an individual item of clothing. So let's talk about leather. The idea of a black leather jacket, to me, feels very vodka. The leather is is bold, black is bold, and a sharp, boxy jacket feels bold. Now, That does not mean that it has to feel vodka to you or that you may or may not prefer vodka. A black leather jacket may be one of your favorite pieces in your wardrobe. Here's the key about the two-part fashion cocktail. There is no right or wrong. Just like in making a cocktail, you might like your cocktail with a little more cranberry. You might like it with a little vodka. You might also want a twist of lime in there. You might prefer it so, so cold over all this ice. You don't want a lot of ice in there because it waters it down. Whatever it is, it's the same way however you take your coffee, what you know, exactly what kind of red wine you prefer. We all have a little bit different palate. And just because you like a different red wine than I do doesn't mean that there is anything wrong with either red wine. So for me, a black leather jacket is just a piece I've never had in my wardrobe. It feels very vodka. But what if you put it in a camel brown color? Now, maybe it feels like there's a little more balance. There's a little more softness, perhaps, to the camel brown. Again, you may disagree, but that, for me, could soften it up. What about if instead of a leather jacket, we talked about a leather pencil skirt? So imagine a tweed pencil skirt. That could feel, in in this description, I would say that feels very cranberry. It might feel very... Um, preppy or conservative or professional, the idea that you're picturing this tweed pencil skirt with, you know, a crew neck sweater and a pair of high heels. And it's kind of that whole, uh, that whole vibe. But if you have a leather pencil skirt, now we're taking a more conservative shape of a pencil skirt and a more bold fabric of leather, and we're pairing them together. So suddenly a black leather pencil skirt, to me, I really enjoy. And I think that it would work on many more women who might normally say, leather isn't for me or a pencil skirt isn't for me. 
But the juxtaposition of the two, now a pencil skirt doesn't just feel like something I wear to the office, it feels like something I wear on a date. Leather doesn't feel, I don't know, biker gang. It feels feminine because it's in the silhouette of this pencil skirt. So sometimes it's an individual item that you might say, I love lace, but a lace pencil skirt might feel too feminine to me. But this lace top with a deep V-neck Now it's sort of a little feminine and a little flirty, and that's the right way for me to wear it. A great example of that, actually, now that I say that, is my wedding dress uh, for our family wedding. It was long-sleeved lace with a very deep V and an open back. And it was the perfect two-part fashion cocktail. Long sleeves was very demure. Lace was very demure. But because it had a low V in the front and an open back, there was an element of sex appeal that made it more modern that a Kate Middleton or a, a Princess Grace would have been more covered up everywhere. And so it felt a little more modern and cosmopolitan to me. So in the exact elements themselves, the items in your closet may help you identify, that's why I don't love that piece. And I don't know if I can pair something else with that piece to shift it. We'll talk about that in a moment. Maybe I can. Or maybe this just isn't the right piece for me. And when I go shopping, maybe I now can better understand the individual items that I buy, how to find that two-part fashion cocktail in the exact item, in the skirt, in the wedding dress. The next component is fit. So picture for me a woman who is in a very low-cut dress. It's very tight. It's very short. And she's wearing high heels. We would probably describe that as quite vodka. I am picturing this woman is by a pool in Miami. I have a very specific story about this woman and where I picture someone who would wear such a vodka times four look. And it's because there's all of these components of fit that are together. It's low cut and it's tight and it's short and it's been paired with a super high heel. But the opposite of that would be you have a super high neck dress with long sleeves. It has absolutely no shape. It's a total tent. It goes all the way down to the floor. For most of us, that would make us feel like you know, a, a, a whale. Like we're just floating in all of this fabric. It doesn't seem appealing to us. Now, not everyone. I recall being at a gala back pre-pandemic when we had such things. And I remember meeting a couple at our table. She was petite. She was thin. She was beautiful. She was an actress. She was short like me. And she had this huge tent of a dress on. And I thought, you know, I think when you are naturally confident in your body and your beauty, it's almost like that's that's the two-part fashion cocktail in and of itself. It's like I don't need to wear anything low-cut or revealing. There's almost, and you'll see this on celebrities, you'll see this on runways, where average women we who are more insecure about our bodies, and I'm not saying that that woman has no body insecurity, but we may be a little more insecure about our body and our beauty. When we put on something like that, you know, my husband just shrugs and is like, I mean, it doesn't do anything for you. Like, you know, he would rather see me in something fitted. So this, again, going back to the core here, that there is no right or wrong in this. You might look at what that woman is wearing, or you might put it on you and say, I feel completely cranberry. This dress does nothing for me. She puts it on, and it makes her feel beautiful. And that is great. And if she feels beautiful, and her husband is 
thinking she looks beautiful, then amazing. And I looked at her and thought, she looks beautiful. So it's not that I'm looking at her going, she's got a really cranberry outfit going on there. Because it was her whole ethos, her whole persona that pulled it off. But for me, I really enjoy, I, I have a small chest. And so when I wear something low cut, it does not, it in and of itself does not feel that vodka. Now, if I had a very large bosom, it would naturally feel more vodka. You're seeing a lot of cleavage. You're seeing a lot of breasts pressed together. Again, up to you whether or not you prefer that and enjoy that for your own body. But for me, because I don't have those breasts pressed together, I can wear something more low cut and it doesn't feel as revealing. Imagine a Sofia Vargara, the really curvy woman from Modern Family or a Selma Hayek, again, a very curvy woman, versus a Kira Knightley, who has more of, a, more of my frame, if they're both wearing a plunging ne- neckline, it looks way sexy on Sofia Vergara because you've got so much bosom happening, or the, the Selma Hayek, it just d- looks different on Kira Knightley or I, who don't have that going on. So for me, I wear a lot of things that have a lower neckline, a V-shape up top, and then are a maxi, especially as we're down here in Mexico. Whenever I'm traveling to someplace warm in the summer, I wear a lot of maxi dresses. And I don't mean a plungy neckline. I just mean they're a little more open up top, but I don't feel completely covered. And yet I'm also not, you know, showing off a ton of leg. For me, wearing those huge tenty dresses, like I mentioned, I I love them because I think I do feel like they look fashion forward because I see them on these, you know, websites and things like that. But I think the difference is that they're being worn by women who are 5'11 and I'm 5'4. And so when I order the dress, it goes all the way to the ground and there's no there's no leg to kind of balance it out. Whereas when someone else wears it and it only comes to her calf and then she's going to put a pair of high heels on with it. So it's going to elongate her leg even more. Honestly, I've just realized more and more, and this was even pre-pandemic, I just don't wear heels. I've started noticing I don't even pack a pair of heels anymore when we go on Uh, uh, go to a tropical place, like coming to Mexico for a few months, I don't have a single pair of heels in my bag. Because I realized I come down here thinking I'm going to feel like going on these, you know, sexy dates, we're in this beautiful location. And I would sometimes have dresses with me that I have to wear heels because I am short, otherwise they drag on the ground. And I finally just realized I I never want to wear heels while I'm down here. I want to be no makeup and easy hair. And why do I want to teeter around on a pair of heels? I just want to wear flats. But that means if I'm not giving myself more height and I don't naturally have it, those tenty dresses just fall really long on me and they kind of swallow me up. And I'm looking at them on a woman who is much taller and wearing heels. And it's that balance that lets her pull it off. And maybe she even just has more of a severeness in general to, you know, her her look. And on me, it's just like, well, you know, wah, wah. And that comes back to a core tenet as well of the two-part fashion cocktail that I've alluded to a few times here is that we all naturally fall on a different place on the spectrum. If we were all wearing the exact same white t-shirt, jeans, no makeup, hair naturally air dried, I look like a Gilmore girl and I naturally am more cranberry. I look like Jess from the New Girl, Zoe Deschanel or Alexis Bledel. 
And therefore, I look like I look more cranberry to begin with. So I have to try a little bit harder. I'm short. I'm petite. I have a Disney princess face, whatever. And um, I don't have a lot of natural curves. I, I have sort of ordinary, plain brown hair if I'm not doing anything to it. And so I have to work to feel a little bit more like a successful, chic, cosmopolitan woman who is the CEO of a business. Like I have to work a little bit more to add that in. There's other women that I used to get told back in the day that I look like Katy Perry. Well, Katy Perry has a very curvy body. She also just has a natural sexiness to her, a natural edge to her. We might have big eyes and have dark hair. We both might have worn a lot of red lipstick. But the reason that she can get away with all those cherry print dresses she wore in the beginning, remember when she first came out with the I Kissed a Girl? It was a lot of these really cute kitschy 50s prints, but those dresses were also bustiers. They were low cut. They were very short skirts. She wasn't wearing a Mad Men silhouette in a cutesy cherry print and being Zoe Dachanel, like as Zoe Dachanel. That would look more cranberry, but Katy Perry naturally looks more vodka and she'd have it low cut and she'd have it short. And so it became this kind of sexy pinup versus the 1950s housewives. So you may be more curvy. You may have amazing hair. I remember there was a woman early on in my style and styleability course who had this phenomenal, huge, curly hair. And so in a white t-shirt and jeans, she just already looks fly just walking down the street because her hair is so cool. I look totally ordinary because I don't have that. So you might have tattoos or piercings or cool hair or curves or just a general ethos about you that feels edgy and spicy and sassy. And therefore, you are something very simple and it it still has that, that kick to it. Others of you may be more like me when you're like, yeah, if I just wear a simple white t-shirt and jeans, like I just look totally ordinary, I've got to work a little bit harder. And so that, again, it's not only that there's your preference of the cocktail, and there's absolutely no right or wrong of how you want to feel, but it's also your body, yourself, your personality is going to be different. And so you can put two women in the exact same look, and it can feel very different because of those elements. So one thing that I love about the two-part fashion cocktail, as I said, is the way it empowers you to shift the chemistry of your outfits, and therefore you can change the way an item you already own feels. You can create new outfits and pairings from the closet you already have right now without spending more money on it in order to make it feel different. So if a piece feels or a look feels blah, you ask yourself, what could spice it up? You put this on and you're like, meh, I don't know. Is it putting red lipstick on? Is it having a bolder makeup? Is it a statement necklace a pair of of colorful heeled shoes? Is there something else you can add to it that the base might feel a little blah and maybe it only even feels blah because you've had it for a while. And so the dopamine hit of newness has worn off and you're like, you know, last summer, last winter, I was super into this piece, but now I'm like, that's not so new anymore and I'm not that into it. Well, maybe you love that sweater in and of itself 
with a pair of jeans and that was totally fine. But now the newness is worn off, the dopamine's worn off. And you're like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not as, it doesn't make me as buzzy as it did two years ago. And you're like, well, what if you paired it with a pair of colored pants? What if instead of putting that lavender sweater with a pair of jeans, you get a pair of burgundy pants? And now we've got a beautiful color combination that's happening. It's still a sweater. It's still a pair of pants. Um, we're still not having to do a lot to our hair and makeup, but we've put it with something that feels a, a, a step up on the fashion-y or vodka-y spectrum to you from jeans that you now have, you know, this this pair of burgundy pants or what have you. Or if it is too much, what could tone it down? So you have this piece that you're like, I want to wear this, but I just, I never have any place fancy enough, or I'm afraid that I'm going to be too overdressed. I'm afraid it's going to look like I'm trying too hard. Maybe you pair it with simple makeup or other simple accessories. You wear it with a pair of flats as opposed to heels. You have a a really simple bag. You know, this isn't the day that you wear the red lipstick with it. If you have a, um, let's say you had a sparkly sweater and you're afraid, like, is this too much to wear to brunch or to church or whatever, but you put it with jeans and flats, it adds some cranberry to tone it down. You could also have put it with that leather pencil skirt and a pair of heels for a holiday party, and it could have felt like a festive outfit. But you simply put it with jeans and flats and your hair pulled back on a ponytail, and you've added the cranberry that tones it down. And I, if this is your first time hearing the principle or you've forgotten about it because it's been a while, I don't know how often you're out and about in the world right now because we are quarantining more. Maybe it's even just the things that you're seeing on Instagram. But I think this will, will help you start to see when you look at other outfits, oh, you know, I would have tried on that sweater and thought, sparkly sweater and thought it was too much. But I'm realizing now she has it with jeans and flats and that's the cranberry that tones it down. And in my mind, because the very first time I bought it, I bought it with a holiday party in mind and therefore I put it with a skirt and heels. And so I've only seen it this one way. And I just need to see it with, or rather I can see it with fresh eyes because our brains create habit grooves. Your brain wants to help you conserve energy. So you drive the same way to work. You do your nighttime routine in the, the same order. There's all these things that you can do on autopilot. So your brain thinks it's trying to be helpful by saying, oh, girl, that sweater goes with that uh, skirt and it goes with that heels. Outfit done which is great when you're in a pinch and you're trying to throw together an outfit, but is not great when you're staring at your closet feeling like I have all the same outfits, I've worn all these outfits, I don't want to spend any more on clothes right now, that it takes seeing it with fresh eyes to go, wait a minute, that sweater in and of itself does not have to be too vodka, I'm doing air quotes on that, uh, too vodka for work, for brunch, for church, whatever. I just need to add some cranberry to it. Last week in the PS of our uh, PS something I'm loving lately that Laura called out at the top of the episode, we I talked about sleepwear and the idea of just elevating our sleepwear to really feel beautiful for ourselves and to ultimately have it not feel so cranberry that the old t-shirt and you know pair of sweatshorts the flannel pants that you've been wearing for forever that might all feel very cranberry and that's the reason why when someone unexpectedly comes to your door and you're wearing that you feel the need to apologize or to want to hide or to want to go run and throw a robe over it or run and change as opposed to 
how can I find that balance that this feels simple and easy to sleep in, but there's a little vodka to it. It's a little bit chic. It's And we talked about that also with what we wear for our cozy, chic quarantine styles starting back in the spring. I still have a pinned Instagram stories on that if you want to go see some, some examples of me trying on some things and kind of elaborating here's why or explaining here's why I feel chic wearing these very simple basic pieces from Target. And it was the idea of this is just a casual, slouchy, off-the-shoulder t-shirt and a pair of little shorts. They're from Target. They were both tw- tw- 20 bucks each. But because they were from the same brand, they look like a set. It looks like an outfit as opposed to two random things that I grabbed from my closet. There's just a little bit of intention that is w- the balance to the lack of intention that says, oh, this is easy, this is comfortable, this is slouchy. That for me, I look for more of my cozy homeware pieces in classic colors. I have a lot of blue or black or black and white instead of the kicky fun of um, tie-dye and cheeky words and fun, bold colors. Now, again, that is just me. If that makes you happy for you, that might be the balance. Loungewear, sleepwear feels very cranberry to you. You're like, ugh. I mean, it's a pair of sweats and a and a sweatshirt, like so blah. I want the vodka that makes it feel fun. That it's in a pink tie dye, and that to me makes it not so boring and makes it feel less blah and bland. Amazing for me, Hillary. I'm like, oh, this feels just a little slouchy and not quite so chic. So I want to have it be in black and white. That's going to be the vodka to me that elevates it. And you see in both of those ways, neither vodka or cranberry in it of themselves are bad. Vodka does not mean it's too much or it's sexy or it's aggressive or it's over the top. Vodka might mean this it, This feels chic. This feels cool. This feels elevated. This feels mature. And cranberry doesn't have to be bad. It doesn't have to mean bland, blah, boring, conservative. Cranberry can mean it's effortless. It's anchored. It's grounded. So neither of these in and of themselves are bad and going either direction on the spectrum is not more bad. And I do either one based on what the outfit is, that there are times when I want to tone something down and there's times when I want to pump something up. And oftentimes it's that sweet spot in the middle, as I've just said in this episode, whether that is literally the clothes that I sleep in or the gown that I got married in. This is what is happening subconsciously in my brain that helps me choose pieces that really make me feel so beautiful. So whatever you are getting dressed for this week, whether you are headed out of the house and into the workplace, whether you are in a place where you can go to restaurants and you are able to you know, meet people from your bubble outdoors. Maybe you are in Australia where they are, you're able to go around, as so many of my friends can there, without masks because they have uh, you know, shut down the virus. Or whether you are at home, you've still got kids that are distance learning or you're working remotely. Whatever your life looks like for you this week and in three months and in a year, I hope that this helps you see your closet with fresh eyes to create new outfits 
that can change the feel of what you already own and that when you do look to add more things, it helps you shop with more wisdom to really identify how something makes you feel and why and that ultimately you feel you are able to explore what makes you feel beautiful, which as your personal stylist is my greatest desire. For you to feel beautiful more often, just as you are, just as your body is, just as your weight is, with the money that you have, with the lifestyle that you have, with the way that you're living your daily, everyday life, that you truly feel more beautiful today. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is the Netflix show Pretend It's a City. It's a Martin Scorsese, that's a hard name to say, Martin Scorsese show starring Fran Lebowitz, who's one of those people that like I recognize their name and their face, but I don't really know where I know them from. She is just this acerbic, hilarious, lifelong New Yorker comedian. And something that I realized, another show that Jeremy and I watch sometimes is comedians in cars getting coffee. It's a Jerry Seinfeld show, and he has a different comedian on every time. And one of the things that I realized from that is there are, there are comedians who do impersonations and impressions, and that's what's really funny about them. But the comedians that I am the most enamored by are, and this is most comedians, I, I think, is they are so good at observing life around them. And the things that you and I pass by every day and we see people do things and we see people interact and live their lives, they see them through another lens. And I realized that specifically with Jerry Seinfeld watching that show so often and the certain uh, – like John Mulaney is another comedian that we love. And same thing in his special. So much of what he's pulling out is – a very ordinary scenario that he highlights it. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's so true. Why have I never seen it that way? That is how Fran Lebowitz is. So this show, first of all, just makes me so in love with being a New Yorker. And as we are out of the city for a few months and have been out of the city so much over this entire year with the pandemic, um, I just feel so, and, and as we're even considering moving in a few years, I mean, I'm just feeling all the feels about being a New Yorker. So there's that. But whether you are a New Yorker or not, she just has so many great insights that Jeremy and I will watch these little half hour episodes and then we'll keep chatting about something that she said and debating it and how do we feel. And she's just hilarious. I laugh out loud. It's the perfect show for me because it's not fluff. Like, it's, it's interesting. It makes me think a little bit. It's not just pure cotton candy, but it's escapist and entertaining. It does not make me feel sad or mad or bad, which totally remains my sweet spot. It is so hard to comprehend that we are 11 months into this pandemic that we thought was going to last for a few weeks. It still seems hard to just comprehend everything we have been through and are still in the pandemic and racism and politics. There's just been so much. And so I still find that I just don't want hard or heavy. Like we are still in this. (laughs) So much is still here and happening in the world. And I think all the more reason then to seek joy and beauty wherever we can find it, which is why I am sharing more of our travels here as we are living in Mexico right now over on Instagram. And thank you again so much in advance for leaving a review right here, for sharing this episode or any episode that speaks to you with a friend on your Instagram stories. And I will see you over there on Instagram with grace and gumption. 
until next Wednesday.